This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So is there a teachable moment to be found in the fallout and the tragedy of St. Mike's? Uh, Yeah, you bet there is. Because you would think that the suicide of Retea Parsons would have been the turning point, because remember, she was cyber-bullied to the point of killing herself. And from her death, not, not only was there a national conversation for years about things like cyber-bullying, there were, there were laws made about it. And yet here we are in 2018 again, dealing with multiple cases of things like cyber-bullying. So... The time is right now that parents should actually be sitting down with their kids to teach them about the dangers of that little thing parents give their kids, which is the smartphone. Let's bring in Paul Davis to this conversation. He's an educator on social media, bullying, sexting, child porn, all the things you need to know about social network safety. He joins us now. Paul, is there a teachable moment here when we're talking about, you know, St. Mike's? Because there's been so much in the news about cyberbullying and the fact that these videos got online. I mean, is this the moment where, you know, we should all be able to learn something? This should be a major teachable moment. Uh, There are many in history, but unfortunately, um, as history will dictate, what happens today is old news tomorrow. And in six months from now, there'll be another teachable moment. But this should serve as notice. Um, on many levels. I'm I'm not going to talk about the heinous act because that's despicable, but from a technological perspective, it's a teachable moment um, when we realize that as parents, we're empowering kids with $1,000 phones and we don't understand exactly how to use them ourselves. And they're empowered with these devices that are so sophisticated that they don't understand how they work. And the consequences of action when it comes to taking and distributing, um, in this case, child pornography. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the laws, number one. Number two, they don't understand how the laws impact them because of how police officers investigate who purchased the phone, who paid for it, who signed the contract to get in the cellular network, how images are created from a technological perspective, how videos are made, how they're distributed, and how phones are tracked. And no one seems to understand this. If they can all sit back and reflect, number one, this is a powerful device. We have to use it appropriately. You know, to take a video of such an incident Again, I still cannot process it because I wasn't brought up that way. And, you know, I, had, I only had a single mom mm-hmm. bring me up. But we had a lot of conversation about self-respect and respect for other human beings. But when there's a disconnect at home and kids are then subjected to technology. And so what happens in most cases, you know, and I speak to schools every day, teachers are telling me that kids are subjected to pornography as young as grade five doing <coughs> Google searches. Right. So they're searching images as young as, as young as grade five, if not younger, and they're becoming desensitized at a young age. And it's the technology that is brainwashing them to a degree. And then as they get older, because they believe they're, you know, hiding behind the phone and that no one's going to see, they become very cavalier. And at that point, they try and push the boundaries to the best of their ability to see what can we do and maybe get our 15 minutes of fame. What happened is disgraceful. But the fact that they actually thought they could do something, share it, and it baffles me as an IT guy. It honestly, honestly does, because I think common sense would dictate that you, you can't do that and get away with it. 
Well, you know, every you know every kid has to have a cell phone. My my five and a half year old is already asking, "Mommy, when do I get a cell phone?" And I keep saying, "No time soon," because as long as I'm alive and breathing, he will not have a phone. But you talk to parents, and they're like, "Yep, you say that now, but you'll have to buy one because these kids need them." I don't think kids need them. I think you know it comes down to parenting, and I think we've given too much access to them. Or am I just an old fuddy duddy? No, you and I are on the same page. Because I've got to stop you, because if, if there are five- and six-year-olds on Google searching porn, that tells me there's a parent not doing their job. One thousand percent. Listen, I'm an IT guy, but when I look at the problems that I have to deal with, the foundation of most of the problems is lack of parenting. They've empowered kids with technology. They don't put rules in place. They let them go to their bedrooms with it. They close the doors because they, they feel they're in their house. They're safe. It's where they make the most, the, the poorest choices possible because they are in isolation, but they're connected globally, which parents don't seem to comprehend. Yeah, they're in the house, they're in their room, but they're connected globally. And so I'm on your side. Look, I tell parents, if you want to put a, a mobile device in your child's hands in elementary school, you buy them a flip phone. And I've been promoting this for seven years. I'm surprised I haven't purchased stock in Nokia because <laughs> flip phones are coming back and people are purchasing them. So if they want, listen, the whole premise of a child in a, in a phone is in case of an emergency. That is what parents will tell you night and day. If they want a phone in case of emergency, you buy them a flip phone. $15 a month on a pay-as-you-go plan. It dials 911. It texts, but it's painstaking, but it does work. And they will not be distracted with mobile data, surfing, social media, which most of them aren't even allowed to be on. And their curiosity will be grounded. And when they're in front of a computer, if parents can pick up their game mm -hmm. and make sure that a computer is in a common area of the home, they're guiding them. Because, look, kids are curious. You cannot fault them for that. But when you put curiosity in isolation with global connectivity, that's where we fail as parents because we're not guiding them. And then they become desensitized and then right. they potentially create these heinous acts. Doug Ford in the election talked about banning cell phones in the class. And I got to be honest, I like that policy. I think it's a smart policy, but it'll get a lot of blowback from parents who say, no, I need my kid to have a phone because I need to get in touch with them. Is this the route that we should be going? Because if there were no cell phones, I mean, you can argue this two ways. If there were no cell phones at St. Mike's, that video would never have been made. At the same time, we would probably never know what had happened. Correct. So I'm not for the banning of devices, but I am for the restriction of them. So I'll, I'll, like I'll mention a school. In, yeah. I, I, I've, a school in Calgary that I, I've been to, I'll, I'll keep them nameless, but they're a private school. Every kid that comes into class must put their phone in what's called a cell phone hotel. So mm -hmm. there's this shoe hanger in the classroom, and every kid puts their phone in their designated slot. When the kid is instructed to use it, they use it, and then they have to put it back. So at this school, there's never a phone in the change room, the locker room, the bathroom. At recess, kids play with each other, and at lunchtime, I know this is crazy, they actually talk to each other. <laughs> so they only use devices when instructed. So if this were the case in other schools, that situation would never have happened because they wouldn't have been granted access to that device during the course of the day, unless it was for educational purposes only. So banning, I don't think will work, but I do believe if you want to bring it to school in case of an emergency and they have after school activities and all that, I get it. But a lot of principals that I've talked to are saying, we're going to put restrictions. So our, our boards are BYOD, bring your own device. Yeah. But now principals are saying, you know what, we're going, to, we're going to let them bring it, but here are our restrictions on how they will use it during the day. And those are the ones that are finding success because kids are actually now being kids, which is amazing, and they're not as distracted. Because let's be honest, some parents are actually texting their kids during the course of the yeah. day, which is ridiculous in itself. So if we can discipline them to put it away, but this requires school approval, teachers to buy in on it, 
these kids will be able to use technology because I'm for technology. I'm not. I'm a techie, but with discipline. Because we as adults lack discipline when using our technology. We can't expect a child to be disciplined with a thousand dollar phone in a classroom in grade six. It's ridiculous. When so do you th- banning? No, but restrictions. Yes. When do you think parents should buy a smartphone for their kid? I'm not against when they get into high school. And the because there'll be a lot of uses for it, even though it'll be it'll be a distraction, they can put restrictions in place. But when they understand the responsibility of the phone, they're paying for the phone, they're um, responsible. So a phone yeah. to a child is a privilege. It's not a right because the parents purchase the phone, sign the contract to get in the seller network because you have to be 18 and they pay for the phone every month. So even though the child can contribute to the cost of the phone, pay for it every month, which I think is incredibly responsible. The parents must always remind the kid that that privilege of using that smartphone, which is my legal entity, can be revoked at any time should you violate my terms of service. So they have to not just put the phone in their hands, but give them the responsibility associated with it. And at the high school level, they're starting to develop some of that responsibility. They still need to be disciplined in terms of the restricted amount of time they're on it, but they can be disciplined in how to use it. And understand consequence of yeah. action. And yeah. this is clearly a consequence of action, what happened last week. And given, you know, the data that's collected on your child, the fact that you could be talking to, you know, a, a, a pedophile or, you know, the deep, dark um, annals of, of the Internet, like you just don't know who you're on the Internet with. What should parents then be telling kids now? What's the conversation that needs to be had given what we're watching at St. Mike's? What I don't think is happening is I don't think we're having conversations with our children about privacy at all. And we're letting them use technology, open up multiple accounts, get as many friends as possible. And what they want is their 15 minutes of fame, meaning take something that's controversial or that'll get a lot of talk time and spread it. And then you're the one who got it and shared it, which should never be happening in the first place. It's more... If you're going to use a device, we're going to use it for the purposes of education, of entertainment, of entertainment. And if you're going to be connected socially, number one, social media platforms all stay 13 years of age and older. When you are connected, please make sure you're connected with your real human friends. It's not a popularity contest. But the one thing I, you know, that is not happening out there is that kids believe when they receive something or send something and they click on the delete button that it's gone. And I have a phrase that I share with grade 7 to 12s every day. The word delete is a myth. Mm-hmm. It's never existed. It never will. Just because it's removed for itself from its screen doesn't mean the file is gone. It's been renamed. It's archived. It's in a trash bin. After the trash bin, it could be in a cache file somewhere in your device. Always know that when you transmit it, you've lost control of it. You will never know who will see it. But most importantly, you will never know when it will resurface in the future to haunt you. Mm-hmm. So the responsibility of the device along with knowing what you're taking and what you're transmitting and who you're transmitting it to is probably the most important aspect of empowering kids with the technology and subsequently social media. Yeah, scary times. I appreciate your insight. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Anytime. That is Paul Davis. And if you want more information on his page, you can go to socialnetworkingsafety.net. Smart guy. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.